What's up, everyone from all around the world, including Canada, USA, areas of Long Island, plus the five boroughs of Brooklyn, Bronx, Manhattan, Staten Island, Queens. I'm here to help and guide you about Anchor. Anchor is a free hosting site and phone app, which is owned by Spotify. It's the easiest, awesome way to make a podcast. Why are you wasting your money paying for a hosting site to promote your podcast with limited storages? Forget about it. Let me break it down to you. There's creation tools that allow you to record, edit, monetize, distribute your podcast. Of course, add music intros, outros, uploading episodes with unlimited storages of your podcast right from your phones, computers, laptops, and tablets. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Plus, you get sponsorship. Isn't that great? It's everything you need to make a podcast, including the listeners supporting your show. Like I always say, if you have a dream of creating and becoming a podcaster host, like myself and individual friends that is co-hosting with me, go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get a head start. Take advantage of the opportunity that's thrown in your face. If I could do it and reach success, so can you. I'm G Money Stacks. Thank you for listening. Let's go.
Yes, good evening, USA, International, Canada, Long Island, AK Strong Island, plus the five spots of Brooklyn, Bronx, Manhattan, Staten Island, Queens. This is your man, G Money Stacks, AKA the Greganator, AKA the YouTuber, creator, host with the most, misunderstood lonely nomad, unstoppable independent podcaster, and rookie podcaster of Laurelton, Queens, New York. And you're rocking and hanging out with me on the 98th episode of Meticulous Five Juice Podcast Review Show. Live and direct from StreamYard alongside with um, YouTube and alongside of myself is the Instagram live feed right here. Make sure you turn your notifications on the podcast show page on the gram. And speaking of and speaking of which, um, Speaking of which, um, if if you miss any previous episodes whatsoever, whether it's new or the latest episodes whatsoever, please feel free to actually catch up on the episodes and and of course the new ones as well. Um, also, also, um. I do want to actually apologize for um, you know, not being on my P's and Q's last week because of what happened with last Tuesday with um, the fucking hater who actually said some awful things and stuff. But at the same token, I mean, look, let me tell you, let me tell y'all something. If you run into somebody that you probably don't know whether it's a hater or anything like that whatsoever look everybody has their ways to actually you know you know um do certain things in certain situations and and you know common sense is not always common that's why i don't really believe in common sense because it, common sense is not always common because you can't use common sense in every situation you can only use your you only use your gut feeling. That's what gut feelings are for. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, and everybody's entitled to have gut feelings and stuff. Not, not just rely on common sense and your, par- and your parents' teachings. You can't use your parents' teachings in every situation. It, it doesn't. It doesn't really work like that in in life, to be honest with you. <laughs> So I just wanted to actually address this, actually, you know what I'm saying? Um, so it's kind of hard to, it's kind of hard to sweep things under the rug when when you actually saw what you saw. It's not as easy as it seems, but I am doing the best I can. I am doing the best I can, actually. I'm just taking the time to actually, you know, go through day by day actually i'm not saying i'm going to be better autom- automatically but it's going to be it's going to take some time and stuff but as i as i go through the days i am going to be creating more content for you folks out there and that's what really keeps me going so that's what i'm going to do here today um today's episode is dedicated to the queens new yorkers for life um hip-hop groups and and music artists and stuff like that. So, um, 
Now, let me just remind y'all, if if you're new to the YouTube channel and, and the YouTube universe and you miss any of those episodes, I got your back. Don't worry. Go grab that subscribe button on the Meticulous Vibe Juice podcast YouTube channel page. Make sure you tap that noni noni bell so you'll be reminded on when the show goes in the year via live stream, including the times of the recording. And and leave a like and a comment along with the episodes. Be sure to share the episodes, download these episodes, um, catch up on the episodes that you miss what is what is um new and previous. Tell a friend to another friend, of course, and be sure to share the videos and share the episodes, and I'll handle the rest on where you can listen to the episodes on every streaming platform. And also, before I get into the episode, um, if you if you like to make a charitable donation to support this show right here, you, you're more than welcome to do that. All you got to do is go to the Cash App link in the link tree where it says um, link tree slash G money stack, G money stacks, dollar sign G money stacks. That's my cash app. So it's dollar sign capital G lowercase M O N E Y capital S lowercase T A C K Z 555 um, is my cash app. That's where you can actually, you know, make a charitable donation to support this show right here as we go to um, we're, we're one episode away from episode 100. So, <laughs> so, um, so it's going to be a long journey ride for me. So, you know what I'm saying? I just celebrated the 200 episode and I'm pretty sure I'm going to be ready to celebrate the 100 episode of this, of this platform right here, Meticulous Vibe Juice Podcast Review Show. So, <laughs> There's more celebrations to come, so don't worry. So, um, yeah. So yeah, um, and also, also, um, if if by any by any chance, if you have any ideas on music artists. Whether it's singers, rappers, whether it's um, whether it's like, um, movies, TV shows, even video games that you want me to review, even podcast shows that you listen to that you want me to review, I'll be glad to do that. You can DM me at gmoneystacks five fifty five, um, in Queens, New York. Um, or you can actually, or you can actually send an email to the, um, to the show, which is metic. Matter of fact, I'll, I'll put that in there, um, before I, um, wrap up the show. So, um, so just stick around for that one right there. Now let's get into a first segment right here in honor of hip hop history month. We are going to be talking about the Wu-Tang Clan, and they are going to be part of the Music Kool-Aid segment. So let's get into it right now.
All right, here we go. Here we go. All right, so hip hop history of today is Wu Tang Clan and their debut album entered the 36 Chambers 2023 years ago. Is their debut album on November the 9th, 1993? Rap music was changed forever. On this day, nine guys from the slums of Shaolin, which is Staten Island, of course, who, yeah, Staten Island, New York, actually, um, who together formed the Wu-Tang Clan, released their first studio LP entitled Enter the, Enter the Wu-Tang 36 Chambers. This album was recorded from 1992 to 1993 at Firehouse Studio in New York City. The album was recorded on Loud Records and distributed by RCA Records. It cost um, a total of $36,000 to complete. Wow. The album's concept was inspired heavily by the group's love for Kung Fu flicks, particularly the 1978 Lu Chia Lang film, The 36 Chamber, of Shaolin, a story about a man who set out to become the master of all 36 chambers of Kung Fu and reach a form of enlightenment. In the movie, the 36 chamber of Kung Fu is to bring the knowledge and wisdom of Kung Fu to the people of the entire world. For Wu-Tang Clan, that was the goal with this album. The project was entirely produced by the group's leader, Riza through the art of sampling. The beats consisted of a lot of soul and martial arts samples, along with sounds from early hip hop synthesizers. Excuse me. Um, lyrically, this album had, was nothing like anything that, become, that came before it or would come after it. I was a change from the Afrocentric boom bap that was prevalent in New York. It was edgy and street while remaining intellectual in content. The Wu-Tang Clan was able to synchronize their hustler mentality with the wisdom of an element martial arts master. Well, well-known singles from this album include but are not limited to is Protect Your Neck, Method Man, and Cream. Upon its release in an article for, for the source, the ghetto communicator <laughs> wrote this record is harsh, but so is the world that we live in. For B-boys and girls who, who come from the core of the heart, this is the hip hop album you've been waiting for. The, the rest is history. Hmm. Yeah, so that was your uh, hip hop history of the day. Um, we're gonna have more hip hop history um, and throughout this month. And of course, of course, we're gonna be having some hip hop history, um, not just throughout this month, but in the upcoming months. You know what I'm saying? So, so yeah. Now we go to um, okay. The first thing we need to go, first thing we need to go over is, of course, 
one of the one of the guys of the hip hop group called the Lost Boys. All right, so Lost Boys are an American hip hop group from Queens, New York, which is exactly where I'm from, folks. <laughs> Consisting of MC Mr. Cheeks, Freaky Ta- Freaky Kai, and K Chris. Now, um, originally in the early '90s, LB consisted of Mr. Cheeks, Freaky Ty, Spig Nice, and Pre Lou. Okay, so let's get into the history. In 1995, the group released their debut single, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, you know, Rich and Shameless, excuse me, charting on the Billboard Hot 100. The release landed them a record deal with upon, no, excuse me, Uptown Records. They contributed a single to Don't to the Don't Be a Menace to South Central while drinking your, drinking your juice in the hood soundtrack titled Renee. The, the song became a major hit, breaking into the top 40 on the Hot 100 chart. The single also reached gold, re, yeah, gold status in 1996. On June 4th, 1996, the group released their debut album, Legal Drug Money. The work was highly acclaimed and featured five Hot 100 hits, including their past singles, Lifestyle of the Rich and Shameless, Renee, Music Makes Me High, Jeeps, Lex, Corpse, Bemis, and Benz, and Get Up. The album was certified gold by the RIAA in late 1996. Their second album, Love, Peace, and Nappiness, was released on June 17, 1997 through Uptown Universal Records. It featured another Hot 100 single, Me and My, and My Crazy World. One of the most famous songs on the album was the posse cut Beast from the East, featuring A+, Red Man, and Cannabis. The album was not as acclaimed as their debut, but fared well commercially, reaching gold status in late 1997. In 1996, the group appeared on the Red Hot Organization's compilation CD, America is Dying Slowly, alongside Wu-Tang Clan, Coolio, late great Coolio, and Fat Joe, among others. The CD meant to raise awareness of the AIDS epidemic among African-American men was heralded as a masterpiece by by the Source magazine. On the night of March 28, 1999, at a birthday party for Mr. Cheeks, Freaky Ta uh, was shot in the head while exiting the Sheraton Hotel in Queens. Ta was taken to Jamaica Hospital Medical Center where he was pronounced dead at 4.20 a.m. at age 27. The getaway driver, Raheem Fletcher, was sentenced to seven years in prison for manslaughter. In 2001, Kevin, no, excuse me, Kelvin Jones pleaded guilty to the murder. The three remaining group members finished their third album, LB4, um, LB for Life. Released in September 1999, the effort fell short critically and commercially, failing to provide any hot 100 hits and failing to reach gold status. These circumstances led Mr. Cheeks to begin a solo career. He released his first solo effort, John P. Kelly, in 
2001, which featured the hit single Lights Camera Action. The album also featured a tribute song to Freaky Todd titled Till We Meet Again, featuring Bob Marley's son, Stephen. Cheeks released another album in 2003, Tyra Back Again, then followed in 2004 with Ladies and, and Ghetto Men. <laughs> On January 16, 2004, Spig Nights was, was tried and convicted of multiple bank robberies in New Jersey and was sentenced to 37 years in prison. Only July 14, 2021, Spig Nights was released from federal prison after 17 years in prison. Also in 2021, the group appeared on Nick Cannon's Wild and Out show, which aired on VH1 to, to perform Lost Boys Anthem from their latest 2020 album, Legacy, released through their label 1RPM slash Lost Boys Entertainment. Okay. Yikes. All right, now we go to another group, which everybody pretty much knows is a charcoal course, of course. I actually, actually, um, you know, grew up watching their music videos and stuff. So th there's too many songs to name as actually my favorite. So <laughs> so let's get into it. And this and and um a charcoal quest was an American hip-hop group formed in New York City. Um, of course, in New York in 1985, which is the same year I was born. Originally composed of rapper and main producer Q-Tip, rapper um, late great Fife Dog, um, Sleep in Paradise, DJ and co-producer um, Ali Shaheed Muhammad, and rapper Jerobi White. Members of the Native Tongues <laughs> Collective, the group is regarded as a pioneer of alternative hip-hop influencing numerous hip-hop and R&B musicians. All right, so let's get into the history behind this. Um, now, hold on. Um, the group's debut album, People's Instinctive Travels and the, Path, the Paths of Rhythm in 1990 was a critical success, earning the first five mic rating in the source's history. In 1981, the group saw commercial success with its jazz-infused second album, The Low End Theory, which heavily shaped alternative hip-hop in the 1990s. It was followed by the similarly successful and influential Midnight Marauders and 1993, and Beats, Rhymes, and Life, 1986, which topped the Billboard 200. In 1988, the group disbanded shortly after releasing its fifth album, Love Movement. But in 2006, the original members reunited and toured sporadically for the next seven years. In 2016, the group released its sixth and final album. We got it from here. Thank you for your service, which received critical acclaim and became its second album to top the Billboard 200. It featured post-humorous, contributions from the late great Fife Dog, who died eight months before its release. A Charcoal Quest was the most commercially successful act in the native tongues, with all six of its albums certified either gold or platinum. John Bush of All Music called them the most intelligent artistic rap group, 
during the 1990s. Chris X of Pitchfork regarded them as one of the greatest acts that hip hop has ever produced. In 2005, A Charcoal Quest received the Founders Award at the Billboard R&B Hip Hop Awards. And two years later, the group was honored at the fourth VH1 Hip Hop Honors. In 2017, the group was awarded the Brit Award for International Group. Now we go to the history. Yes. Of course, Q-Tip and Fife Dog were childhood friends who grew up together in the St. Ormond's neighborhood of Queens, New York City, which is where I um, went to private school over there, near Farmers Boulevard. Initially, Q-Tip performed as a battle rapper under the name MC Love Child. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Love Child. Oh man, that's 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 fucking hilarious. Anyway, occasionally teaming teaming up with um Murray um Bertram, high school classmate Ali Shahid Muhammad as a rapper and DJ duo. In nineteen eighty five, the duo began making demos over Q Tips pause tape beats. Five Dog later joined them, though he didn't become a full time member until. Neighborhood friend Jabari White joined the group, dubbed themselves Crush Connection, and later um, Quest. The, the group's final name, a trial called Quest, was coined in 1988 by Jungle Brothers, who attended the same high school as Q-Tip and Muhammad that year. Q-Tip made his first uh, recorded appearances on Jungle Brothers', Brothers songs, Black is Black, and the promo. Shortly after A Charcoal Quest, Jungle Brothers, De La Soul, Queen Latifah, and Moni Love formed the Native Tongues, a collective known for their like-minded Afrocentrism, positivity, and eclectic sampling. In 1989, Five Dog made his first recorded appearance on the song Buddy, <laughs> Native Tongue Decision, the remix of De La Soul single Buddy. <laughs> a Tricor Quest hired DJ Cool Red, no, excuse me, Cool DJ Red, Red Alert as their first manager. In early 1989, excuse me, the group signed a demo deal with Geffen Records and produced a five song demo, which included future single I Left My Wallet in El Segundo, which is one of my favorite tracks. <laughs> Gavin decided against offering the group a recording contract and the group was granted permission to shop for a deal elsewhere. After receiving lucrative offers for multi-album deals from a variety of labels, the group opted for a modest deal offered by Jive Records. Jive was, no, was then known as an independent rap label that partly owed its success to building the careers of artists boogie down productions and too short later that year the group released their first 12 single description of a fool their debut album people's instinctive travels in the path of rhythm released on april the 10th 1990 was marked by a playful lyrical approach 
and and light-hearted content such as safe sex <laughs> vegetarianism <laughs> and youthful experiences oh wow <laughs> oh wow <laughs> oh man oh my lord that, that that's interesting <laughs> oh man so the so the music was eclectic mix of jazz funk soul and rock samples the album was met with critical acclaim the source rated five rated five mics yeah five mics becoming the first album to receive the magazine's highest rating nme's review stated that this is not rap it's near perfection the album only gained momentum after the release of the singles bonita apple bum one of my favorites <laughs> oh man one of my favorites actually <laughs> um can i kick it eventually achieving gold certification in 1996. 1991 to 1993 the low end theory midnight marauders and commercial success Charcoal Quest's second album, The Low End Theory, was released on September 24th, 1991, with Check the Rhyme. As the lead single, the song largely established the lyrical interplay between Q-Tip and Five Dog. Until then, most of the group's songs had only featured vocals by Q-Tip, but Q-Tip encouraged Five Dog to increase his participation despite his recent diabetes diagnosis. Musically, the album fused hip-hop with the laid-back atmosphere of jazz, particularly bebop and hard bop, combined with a minimalist approach to production that stripped the sound to vocals, drums, and bass. Mixing engineer Bob Power played a major role on the album as he was tasked with removing surface noise and static that is typically heard on hip-hop songs sampled from old vinyl records during the recording sessions white left the group to pursue a career in culinary arts and they hired the late great um chris lighty who also passed away years ago as their new manager after signing to rush artist management lyrically the group focused on a range of social issues from date rate oh no Oh gosh, the infamous date rape to commercial consumerism Sky Pager, while also criticizing the hip hop industry on several songs. Oof. Yeah. Um, guests on the album included leaders of the new school brand Nubian, Vania um, Mojica, and Ron Carter. Who played double bass on the on the song verses from the ash track? Additional singles included "Jazz We've Got" and "Scenario," a live performance of "Scenario" with leaders of the New School on a senior hall show led to greater popularity. Leaders leaders members Buster Rhymes Rhyme attracted attention with his verse in the song, which led him. To which led to him launching a successful solo career. 
<coughs> low end um theory received um widespread acclaim from critics the source gave the hip the group its second consecutive five mic rating praising their pro progressive sound and streetwise edge also noting that those who questioned Fife's microphone techniques on the first album will swallow those doubts as he practically steals the show on this one. One second, folks. All right, um, where was I? Where was I? Um, yes, the album peaked at number 45 on the Billboard 200 and was certified gold on February 19, 1992. It reached platinum status by 1995. Yet, in the aftermath of their success, the group contributed the song Hot Sex to the soundtrack for the film Boomerang in 1992. <laughs> How about that? A Tri Quest released their third album, Midnight um, Marauders, on November 9th, 1993. The lead single award tour became the, the group's highest charting single and helped to land the album at number eight on the Billboard 200. The production, still rooted in jazz, was a return to the eclectic sounds found on people's instinctive travels with a more prominent funk influence including grittier drums the voice of a tour guide on the intro and at the end of several tracks added further cohesion to the album midnight marauders saw improved lyrical interplay between five dog and q-tip as evidence on the singles electric relaxation and oh my god <laughs> the popular popularity of electric relaxation led to it becoming the open theme song for the sitcom the wayne's brothers 1985 to 1996 which i remember topics on the album include police harassment midnight religious faith god lives through hip-hop we can get down um and use of the word niggas, sucking niggas. <laughs> Guests on the album include Lodge Professor Buster Rhymes and Raphael Sadiq. Um, the album received widespread acclaim from critics. Entertainment Weekly called the album as fresh as their first, while Melody Maker stated a Tricor Quest have expanded their vision with a lyrical gravitas and a musical lightness of touch that has hit hurdle eluded them across a whole album. The album ranked number 21 by the Village Voice in that year's Paz and <laughs> Paz and Job Critics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Paz and Job Critics poll. Wow. <laughs> 
Uh, Midnight Marauders became a charcoal Quest's um, fastest selling album. It was certified platinum on January 11th, 1995, only 14 months after its release. 1995, from 1994 to 1985, Intermission and the UMA. In 1984, at the Source Awards, Tupac Shakur performed a song out on bail, interrupting the charcoal quest as they accepted the award for Group of the Year. It was later found that this apparent act of disrespect was accidental. That summer, the group performed as one of a handful of hip hop acts on the Lola Palooza tour, um, among acts such as the Smashing Pumpkins, Stereo Lab, and The Verb. The Verb. <laughs> um, while on tour, keyboardist at Fiddler introduced Q-Tip to a young producer from Detroit named JD. At the suggestion of Q-Tip, JD later joined him with and Muhammad forming a production unit known as the UMA, <laughs> uh, which is Arabic for the worldwide Muslim community, in which each member produced songs individually and received a songwriting credit for their work. The UMA handled the production of a Tricor Quest's next two albums. During this period, the group members contributed to several notable outside projects with production and guest verses. Five Dog who rapped on Oh My God that he owned more <laughs> he owned more condoms than TLC <laughs> made an appearance on that on the song Intro Loop from the group's album Crazy Sexy Cool in 1994. <laughs> oh man. That year Q-Tip produced <laughs> oh, 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 the single One Love from Nas' debut album, Illmatic, and appeared on the song Get It Together by the Beastie Boys from their album, um, <laughs> Three Communication. In 1985, Muhammad co-produced the single Brown Sugar from D'Angelo's debut album of the same name, and Q-Tip produced three songs for Mob Deep while serving as a mixing engineer for the album, The Infamous. The group contributed glamour and glitz to the show, um, the soundtrack. That year, before returning the following year with their next album. <coughs> um, all right, so. 1986 to 1988, beat, Beats, Rhymes, and Life, um, Love Movement, and Breakup. Ooh. Beats, Rhymes, and Life. The group's fourth album was released on July 30th, 1996, supported by the singles. Um, once again, and stressed out, it was recorded during the turbulent East Coast, West Coast hip-hop rivalry with the tracks. Get a hold. Keep it moving and Baby Fife's return, referring to it. The Uma's production style, a minimalist R&B and jazz infused sound, was a departure from the group's previous albums. JD, a big fan of a tricot quest, contributed five beats to the album, including both singles. Lyrically, the album featured a less playful 
more philosophical approach by the group. Consequence, Q-Tip's cousin and, and an inspiring rapper was present on six songs. Ain't no, ain't no, they were cousins. Wow. My dog later stated that this period was when he began to lose interest in the group. Um, and uh, I think he, and this is what um, he stated. I really felt like with Midnight Marauders, I came into my own. By the time when beats, rhymes, and life came out, I started feeling like I didn't fit in anymore. Q-Tip and Ali had converted to Islam, and I didn't. Music felt like a job, like I was just doing it to pay bills. I never want my music to feel like just a job. They, sh they would schedule studio time at the last minute. I catch a plane from Atlanta to be in New York. When I got to the studio, no one would be, no one would be there. They would have canceled the session with, without telling me. Seemed like the management was concerned with other folks, um, not me. But I never lost my confidence. The album debuted at number one on the Billboard 200 and went gold before the end of the year. It was certified platinum in 1998. Critical reception was divided, but Rolling Stone called the album near flawless, uh, while the source awarded it four mics. Um, Melody Maker felt that it provided both their best and worst thus far. It was nominated for best rap album and once again was nominated for best rap performance by a duo or group at the 1997 grammy awards in 1997 the group was featured on the fuji single rumble in the jungle alongside buster rhymes and john forte from the when we were king soundtrack they also appeared on the soundtrack men in black the album with the song same old thing in europe they released the Jam EP, which included the aforementioned song Mardi Gras at Midnight featuring Rod Digger. And the two songs from Beats, Rhymes, and Life, Get a Hold and Jam, that year also saw the, re the first reunion of the three native tongues and groups since 1989 when Jungle Brothers invited a Charcoal Quest and De La Soul to guess on how you want it, we got it. A song from their album, Raw Deluxe. A month before the Love Movement was released on September 29, 1998, the group announced that it would be their final album. The group cited their frustration with, with Jive as a significant factor in the breakup. The album, which was centered on the theme of love, was promoted by the single Find a Way, a song that Innocently, one is about the point at which friendship spills over uh, into sex. <laughs> Musically, the, the album saw the return of the almost stripped down production style from beats, rhymes, and life. Guest appearances by Buster Rhymes, Redman, and Nori helped to balance the subdued tone of the album. Um, Love Movement was certified gold on November 1st, 1998, just over a month after its release. Excuse me. Critical reception was most mostly um, positive. 
Rolling Stones remarked that the mature, accomplished niceness of the love movement proved that the tribe still have the skills. They are just short on thrills. The album was nominated for Best Rap Album at the 1999 Grammy Awards. 1999 to 2005 solo projects and brief return to recording. Under the management of Violator, Q-Tip launched a successful solo career, which saw two Billboard Hot 100 hits, Vibrant Thing and Breathe and Stop, and the release of the Gold Certified Album, Amplified, in late 1999. Q-Tip, JD, and DJ Scratch. Despite receiving mostly positive reviews, the album was criticized by the hip-hop community for its mainstream sound. The most notable of Q-Tip's critics was Fife Dog, who took his former partner to task on his solo album, Ventilation.LP, um, released in 2000. The high-tech produced lead single, Flawless, contained the lines, go ahead, play yourself with them, hold like hooks, sing ballads if it's all about the Maxwell look. Ventilation included produce, production by JD and Pete Rock. Teaming up with the other two, with the other artists from former groups, Raphael Sadiq and of Tony Tony Tone. No, Tony Tony Tone, yes. Um and Don Robson of In Vogue. Muhammad's next project was Lucy Pearl. The group scored two hit singles with Dance Tonight and Don't Mess With My Man from their self-titled album, which was certified gold a few months after its release in 2000. Following a dispute between Sadiq and Robinson, the latter left the group and was replaced by Joy. Uh, however, this new incarnation would only last for the remainder of touring. In 2001, Q-Tip changed directions and recorded Kamal the Abstract, an album which saw him in the role of singer and band leader. Unlike his work with A Trico Quest or his previous solo work, Kamal was constructed around um, live music and abstract song concepts. Arista Records refused to release the album, doubting its commercial potential resulting in Q-Tip leaving the label. The following year, he recorded the song, What Lies Beneath, for the Sound Bombing 3 compilation, in which he responded to Five Dog's comments on Flawless. In 2003, Q-Tip and Five Dog put aside their differences and a trial call quest briefly returned to the studio, recording the song, I See You um, Doing It, featuring Erica Badu. It was intended to be the first single from the Violator compilation, V3, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. However, the album was not released. Undeterred by the shelving of Kamal the Abstract, Q-Tip recorded open in late 2003, planning to release it the next year. It featured contributions from Andre 3000, Common, and D'Angelo. However, his label, DreamWorks Records, got bought out by Universal Music Group, which eventually led to Open also getting shelled. On August 27, 2004, a Choco Quest headlined the Street Scene Music Festival in San Diego. Muhammad focused on developing a stable of artists 
most of whom were showcased on his debut solo album, uh, Shahidullah and Stereotypes, released later that year. In 2005, the group received the Founders um, Award at the Billboard R&B and Hip Hop Awards in Atlanta. Uh, from 2006 to 2013, reunion touring. <clears throat> in 2006, the group reunited as a touring band in part to help Fife Dog with his mounting medical expenses. They co-headlined uh, that year's Bumbershoot Festival in Seattle and performed several sold-out concerts in the U.S. Canada and Japan. The group also appeared on two on the 2K Sports Bounce Tour promoting the NBA 2K7 video game with a Dan the Automator remix of the of their song Lyrics to Go, appearing on the game's soundtrack. According to Five Dog at the time, a, a Tricor Quest planned to release an album as they all jive one more in their sixth album contract speaking um about the possibility of a of a new album showing up that year five said and man we was only 18 19 when we first got started when we broke up we were still like 28 now we are 35 36. it'd be um real different being in the studio it would be real interesting to see where q-tip is it would all be on a much higher level but we all we are all into such different stuff from way back then we need at least a solid month to work on something trying to get all of us together for that much time i don't see that happening in 2007 a charcoal quest was on it at fourth VH1 Hip Hop Honors with a tribute performance by Buster Rhymes, Common, Lupe Fiasco, and Pharrell Williams. The group was named the headlining act of for the, the 2008 Rock the Bells tour. That year, Five Dog received a kidney transplant from his wife. In late 2008, Q-Tip released his long-awaited second album, The Renaissance, on Universal Motown Records. After being shelved for seven years, Kamal the Abstract was finally released in 2009 on Battery Records. <laughs> the group co-headlined the 2010 Rock the Bells tour. Five Door planned to release his follow-up album, Songs in the Key of Fife, Volume 1, Cheryl's Big Son. That year, however, his health issues delayed the release of the album. The, groups, the group was was the subject of the 2011 um, documentary, Beats, Rhymes, and Life, The Travels of a Charcoal Quest, directed by Michael Rappaport. Wow, interesting. In 2012, Q-Tip signed to Kanye West's Good Music label and prepared the release of his new album, The Last Zulu, which um, later became heavily delayed. Damn. Heavily delayed. Wow. In 2013, the group performed at a handful of select festivals throughout the summer, including Yahoo Wireless in London, Splash in Germany, Open Air um, 
Orenfeld in Switzerland and H2O Music Festival in Los Angeles. In November 2013, two of the four New York shows for West's um, excuse me, music tour featured a charcoal quest as supporting acts. According to the statements made by Q-Tip at the time, these were intended to be a charcoal quest's final performances. In 2015 to 2017, we got it from here, Death of Five Dog and Final Tour. On November 13, 2015, the Charcoal Quest we reunited to perform on the Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon. That day, the group reissued People's Instinctive Travels and the Paths of Rhythm in commemoration of the 25th anniversary. Um, the reissue included remixes by Pharrell Williams, J. Cole, and CeeLo Green. In addition, they participated in an AMA on Reddit where users asked the group questions on the right excuse me on the night of their of their tonight show appearance the same night of the terrorist attacks in paris the, the group felt charged and put aside their differences deciding to record a new album we got it from here thank you for your service and secrecy muhammad was unstable to attend recording sessions for the album as he was producing the luke cage soundtrack with adrian yunge at the time Five Dog died on March 22nd, 2016, due to complications relating to diabetes. Yeah, the album was incomplete when Five Dog died, but the surviving members continued to work on it following his death. That August, Epic Records CEO L.A. Reid revealed that the label would be releasing a new A Charcoal Quest album in the near future. We got from here, thank you for your service, was subsequently announced in October with a release date of November 11, 2016. It became the group's second um, album to debut at number one on the Billboard 200. The day after its release, the group appeared on Saturday Night Live and performed in front of a mural of Fife Dog. Wow. We got it from here. Featured guest appearances by Andre 3000, Kendra Lamar, Jack White, Elton John, Kanye West, Anderson Pack, Talib Kweli, Consequence, and Buster Rhymes. Promoted by the hit single We We the People, which opposed um, Donald Trump's presidential um, campaign, uh, which I know everybody hated the guy. I personally hate the guy too. Um, the album received widespread acclaim from critics. Lyrically, Rolling Stone um, believed that the group maintained the attitude of the bohemian every dude of Fulconauts <laughs> that inspired many prominent hip hop artists, though. Um, all music praised the album's visionary <laughs> and pleasingly weird production, um, which drew from several different genres and sample sources. Speaking with Billboard Q-Tip, revealed plans for the group to do a final world tour to promote the album and honor Fife Dog before permanently disbanding. Wow. It also, it was also announced that a new Fife Dog solo album, Forever, mostly completed before his death, would be released in 
in the near future. The album was released in 2022, which is this year. On February 12th, 2017, a Charcoal Quest performed alongside Anderson Pack, Buster Rhymes, and Consequence at the 59th Annual Grammy Awards. Later that month, the, the, the group won the award for the best international group at the 2017 Brit Awards. On May 22, 2017, We Got It From Here achieved gold certification, making all six of the group's albums RIAA certified. The group performed at a number of festivals throughout the summer. They performed their final concert on September 9th, 2017 at Festival Festival in Dorset, England. After disbanding a short film for the album's opening track, The Space Program was released on March 29th, 2018 and billed as the group's final video. As for their legacy, um, all music critic John Bush called the Charcoal Quest without question the most intelligent artistic rap group during the 1990s, further stating that the group jump-started and perfected the hip-hop alternative to hardcore and gangster rap. <laughs> At the time when James Brown drum breaks and P-Funk bass lines dominated hip-hop production, the group successfully bridged the gap between jazz and hip-hop, incorporating bebop and hard bop samples and recording with double bassist Ron Carter. Hmm. The group's production um, influenced their contemporaries, thus changing the sound of hip-hop. Of course, Dr. Dre produced his highly regarded debut, The Chronic, after being inspired by the law and theory. And P-Rock stated, in quote, there were times when I would walk into a, a record store and see Tips sitting on the floor with his glasses on, going through albums, looking at looking for beats. I was like, this guy is serious. Being around the group made me step up and become even more serious than I was. Lyrically, A Charcoal Quest has been regarded for addressing many social issues through Q-Tips um, philosophical philosophical um, viewpoints and five dogs, um, every man perspectives, people's instinctive travels and the paths of rhythm influenced several hip hop artists. Scarface asserted that it really made me want to rap and Pharrell Williams expressed that it was the turning point which made me see that music was art. Um, Kiana Mayo, um, not to be short for mayonnaise, folks. I know what you did. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, man. Oh, man. Former editor-in-chief of Ebony said that the low-end theory and Midnight Marauders gave birth to Neil um, everything. That entire class of D'Angelo, Erica Badu, Maxwell, and Lauren Hill, and moving on to Andre 3000, Kanye West, and Tyler Kweli. Everything that is left of everything begins with Tribe. The group has also been credited for helping launch the solo careers of Buster Rhymes and late great Jay Dillard from Slum Village and Consequence. 2022, A Tricot Quest was nominated for the induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame 
and the low end theory was selected by the Library of Congress for preservation in the National Recording Registry. All right, let's make some noise for a charcoal quest and their accomplishments and everything else in between. All right, so another person from Queens is Ja Rule. <laughs> yeah, whoever thought that we was gonna actually get to this guy too, man. Seriously. Um, so yes. Um <laughs> yes, so uh let me see. Yeah, hang on a second. Hang on. Excuse me. <clears throat> um, all right, one second, folks. Got this. All right. Um, Okay, so yes, as I said before, of course, Ja Rule will be next person. Yes, Ja Rule, here it is. All right, so um, let's get to it right now. Okay, all right, Jeffrey Bruce Aikens, uh, born February. 29th, 1976, better known by his stage name, Ja Rule, is an American rapper and actor born, born and raised in New York City. He debuted, he debuted in 1999 with Vinnie Vetta Vinci and its lead single, Holla Holla, during the, two, during the 2000s. Ja Rule was signed with, to Irv Gotti's Murder, Inc. Records formerly known as The Inc. from 1999 to 2005. Ja had made multiple hits that made the top 20 of the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 chart, including Between Me and You featuring Christina Milian, I'm Real, um, Murder Remix featuring Jennifer Lopez alongside with Ain't It Funny, <laughs> which both topped the Hot 100, the number one hit always on time, Featuring Shanti, Mesmerize also on the track as well. And Wonderful featuring R. Kelly and Shanti. Uh, let's see. Um, ja Rule has been nominated for two American Awards and four Grammy Awards with respective um, collaborators Lil Mo, Vita, Shanti, and Case. Following the release of his platinum selling debut, Vinny Vici. 1999, he released his respective second and third albums, Rule 336 in 2000, and Pain Is Love 2001. Both both albums topped the U.S. Billboard 200 album chart, launching him into the mainstream, selling over a combined 15 million units 
to a wide audience and attaining triple platinum status from the Recording Industry Association of America, becoming the best selling albums to date. Rule followed up with his respective fourth, fifth, and sixth albums, The Last Temptation, 2002, Blood in, in My Eye, 2003, and Rule, 2004, and The Last Temptation, attaining platinum status and Rule reaching gold status. As of 2018, Rule has sold 14.4 million units in the U.S. and has sold over 30 million records worldwide. In 2019, he joined the main cast of WETV's Growing Up Hip Hop New York. Outside of music, Ja Rule is also known for his role in the Fraudulent Fire, uh, Fire Festival, which he co-founded with coin art Connors Billy McFarlane. And in November 2019, he was cleared of any legal wrongdoing from his... Uh, uh on the festival okay so um okay so early like yeah i already talked about that already um let's see let's get to his career all right so 1994 to 1995 cash money click atkins began his rap career in 1994 with the hip-hop group cash money click alongside members chris black and all one he took the stage name Ja Rule, telling MTV News that the name came from a friend who addressed him by that name. Other other friends simply called him Ja. Um, together, they worked with producer DJ Irv to produce a number of songs, releasing their debut single, Get the Fortune, independently in 1994. After the group signed with TVT Records, the song was re-released through the label later that year as the b-side to their second single for my click for my click featured mike geronimo and became popular on pirate radio eventually receiving airplay on yo mtv raps plans for the release of the group's eponis debut studio album were brought to a halt in 1995 after chris black was sentenced to five years in prison and the group was dropped from tvt which led to their single third single she swallowed it never officially being released however it was later bootlegged <laughs> so with no label the group disbanded shortly after being dropped oh wow Wow. All right, so the solo career and Vinny Vetti Vinci from 1985 to 1999. After being dropped from TVT, Jaru maintained a close relationship with DJ Irv, who was working as an executive producer for Death Jam at the time. DJ Irv, known, now known as Irv Gotti, was hired as an A&R for the label and was able to get Ja Rule a contract with Def Jam. In 1985, he made his first solo appearance on Mike Geronimo's Time to Build alongside Jay-Z and DMX, late great DMX, rather, who were 
also in their early stages of their careers. He later appeared on the song Usual Suspects from Mike Geronimo's second album, Vendetta. In 1987, alongside the locks, DMX and Tragedy um, Gaddafi. He also had a brief cameo in the video for Walk in New York by Queen's hardcore rap group, rap group Onyx. Later in 1997, Irv Gotti was granted his own imprint from Def Jam, known as Murder Inc. Records. Jaru was promoted as the label's flagship artist, and he continued to make guest appearances on songs by other artists, including Method Man, Red Man, Nas, um, Late Great DMX, LL Cool J, and Drew Hill. He later appeared on Jay-Z's um, 1998 hit single, Can I Get a For which he wrote the hook. It was originally planned to be Ja Rule's debut single until Jay-Z heard the track and requested it for himself. During this time, he rapped under the slightly modified stage name of Ja. Returning to the Ja Rule name, uh, he, his debut, debut single holla holla was released in next march 1999 and became a hit peaking at number 35 on the billboard hot 100. fueled by the success of holla holla jaru's debut album Vinny vetti vici um was released in 1999 peaking at number three on the billboard 200 with 184,000 copies sold in the first week it eventually reached platinum status in the u.s due to the popularity of holla holla a remix of Holla Holla was later released featuring Jay-Z, Vita, Cadillac Ta, Black Child, Memphis Bleak, and Buster Rhymes. <sighs> All right. So from Rule 336, Pain is Love and The Last Temptation from 2000 to 2002. Um, Ja Rule's second single, Between Me and You, featuring Christina Milian, was released in June 2000 as the first single from his second studio album and became his first major crossover hit earning top 40 airplay and reaching number 11 on the Billboard Hot 100. The album's next single, Put It All Me, featuring Vita and Lil Mo, was released in December 2000 and became one of the biggest hits of 2001, reaching number eight on the Billboard Hot 100 and becoming the first top 10 hit for both Ja Rule and Vita. The video for Put It All Me also topped the MTV video countdown for a week and became the first music video to be retired on BET's 106 in Park after spending more than 60 days on the countdown. The video also ranked number one on BET's um, notarized top 100 videos of 2001. Ja Rule's second album, Rule 336, was released on October 10, 2000, and went in a much different direction different stylistic direction, rather, from Vinny Vettivici, um, changing his almost trademark hardcore hip-hop sound to um, mainstream-oriented pop rap, debuting at number one on the Billboard 200 with 276,000 copies sold in its first week, making it Ja Rule's first number one album. The album later um, went on to be certified triple platinum by the recording industry Association of America. The success of Rule 336 promoted Ja Rule to international status and made Murder Inc. one of the one of the biggest labels in the United States. Success followed with his third album, which spawned three top ten singles, 
two of them reaching number one. The first Living It Up featuring Case was released in July 2001 and reached number six on the Billboard Hot 100. It also achieved success in the United Kingdom, reaching number five on the UK single chart. The single, excuse me, second single, Always On Time, was released in October 2001 and marked the first major guest appearance for Murray Inc.'s um, youngest artist, Ashanti, and became both Ja Rule and Ashanti's first song to top the Billboard Hot 100. The remix of Jennifer Lopez's I'm Real featuring Ja Rule was included on the album and topped the Billboard Hot 100 for five consecutive, non-consecutive weeks beginning September 8th, 2001, and also topped the Hot 100 Airplay chart. The song was a staple of R&B, hip hop, and pop radio during the summer and fall of 2001. Spending 15 weeks total in the top five of the Hot 100. In 2009, the single was named the 30th most successful song of the 2000s on the Billboard Hot 100 Songs of the Decade. The album's fourth single, down as bitch featuring Charlie Baltimore was also successful, reaching number 21 on the Hot 100. Ja Rule released his third album, Pain is Love, on October 2nd, 2001. Like its predecessor, Pain is Love, topped the Billboard 200 with first week sales of 361,000 copies and is certified triple platinum by the RIAA. The, the album also received a Grammy nomination in 2002 for Best Rap Album. By 2007, 3.6 million copies of Pain Is Love had been sold. Um, the Last Temptation, Ja Rule's fourth album, was released on November 19, 2002. Um, it spawned two hit singles, Thug Lovin' featuring Bobby Brown, one of my favorites, which peaked at number 42 on the Billboard Hot 100 and Mesmerized a duet with Ashanti that peaked at number two on the Billboard Hot 100. The Last Temptation debuted at number four on the Billboard 200 with first week sales of 237 copies um, and was certified platinum by the RIAA in December 2002. Ah. Okay, so the 50 Cent Feud, Blood in My Eye, and ruled from 2003 to 2004. Shortly after the release of his fourth studio album, Ja Rule's ongoing beef with fellow Queens rapper 50 Cent reached its peak, with both artists taken to radio stations almost daily to trade insults and diss tracks. On January 3rd, 2003, the Murder Inc. offices were raided by FBI agents and NYPD offices due to accusations of money laundering and drug trades um, toward Keith Supreme McGriff, who was associated with Irv Gotti. Due to the federal investigation, Ja Rule had laid a late response in his beef with 50 Cent. By association, 50 Cent's labor mates, um, Eminem, Obi Trice, <clears throat> D12, and Ja Rule's former friends and associates, DMX and, and Buster Rhymes, were brought into the feud too. Ja Rule released the diss track Loose Change in April 2003, where he attacks 50 as well as Eminem, Buster Rhymes, and Dr. Dre. 50 Cent eventually responded with Hail Mary, which used the beat from Tupac's song of the same name and 
featured Eminem and Busta Rhymes, the beef continued to be highly publicized throughout 2003 and eventually led to Ja Rule meeting with Ms. Minister Louis Farrakhan in October, who wanted to intervene and prevent escalating violence in the feud. Ja Rule's fifth studio album, Blood in My Eye, was released on November 4, 2003, under the Murder Inc. label, which renamed itself The Inc. several days after the album release. The material was intended simply as a mixtape, but was released as an album to fulfill Jaru's contractual commitment to Murder Inc. to release one annually. The album was described as a hate album directed at various rappers, including 50 Cent, G Unit, Eminem, Proof, um, Dr. Dre, DMX, Buster Rhymes, and others, and marked a return to the hardcore style Jaru had used in his early career. It spawned one hit single clap back one of my favorites which reached number 44 on the billboard hot 100 and won a source award for fat tape song of the year peaked at number six on the billboard hot 200 selling 139,000 copies in its first week of release hmm. and had over so has so excuse me sold over 468,000 copies in the u.s by 2000, 2008. Ja sixth album, sixth studio album, rather, Rule, was released in November 2004, debuting at number seven and selling 166,000 copies in its first week of release. Its lead single, Wonderful, featuring R. Kelly and Ashanti, peaked at number five on the Billboard Hot 100. Single was followed by the street anthem New York, featuring Fat Joe and Jada Kiss, which charted at number 27 on the Billboard Hot 100. The third single was the love song Caught Up featuring Lloyd, which had failed to make an impact on the Billboard Hot 100. The RIAA certified rule um, gold on January 14, 2005. And by October 2007, the album has sold 658,000 copies. Hiatus, departure from Def Jam, decline of the Inc. records from 2005 to 2009. On December 6, 2005, the Inc. released Exodus, a greatest hits album whose only new tracks were the song Me and intro and outro tracks. Exodus was the last album on Ja Rule's contract with the ink after its release ja rule took to a took a hiatus from recording music meanwhile the ink records um was still under investigation because of an alleged drug trade with kenneth supreme mcgriff this led to def jam recordings refusing to renew the ink's contract from 2005 to 2006 Gotti searched for other labels finally reaching a new deal with universal records um, which is part of the same company as Def Jam. A few years later, the Inc. left um, Universal Records due to business issues and failure to secure funds for projects. Pain is Love 2, Prison and Release, um, 2011 to 2013. In February 2011, it was announced that Ja Rule had started working on a new album, Pain is Love 2, to be pr produced by the producers of this, the original Pain is Love album to re recreate magic. Um, most of the production was to be done by seven 
Aurelius, um, who co-produced Down As Bitch. While Irv Gotti was to be executive producer, Ja Rule had planned on releasing it on June 7, 2011, but decided to delay the release in order to allow more time to perfect the level and quality of the records and to avoid doing injustice to his fans. A, rev a revised release date of October 11, 2011 was also pushed back. During the delay, Ja Rule released a new track, Falling Into Pieces, produced by Seven Aurelius, which samples the scripts um, break even. On October 2nd, 2011, another track, Spun a Web, was released also by Seven Aurelius and sampling Coldplay's Trouble. The following day, a teaser video premiered on YouTube and the official um, video was released on October 11th. Painter's Love 2 was finally released on February 28th, 2012, by which time Ja Rule was serving a two-year sentence in prison for possession and tax evasion. Ja Rule was released from prison on May 7th, 2013. Alongside Little Wayne and Birdman, he appeared on the remix of the track She Tried, which appeared on the Nori album, Student of the Game. On September 18, 2013, Ja Rule um, released a track titled Fresh Out the Pen. The track had first premiered on Hot 97. A few days later, he re-released everything. Both tracks were produced by visionary um, producers Rifa and Miles Williams. On September 27, 2013, both tracks were um, released on iTunes for digital download. In September 2013, it was confirmed that Ja Rule and Gotti had relaunched Murder Inc. Records. Oh, man. Memoir. Um, reality show and future projects. In 2014, Ja Rule um, released a memoir, Unruly, The Highs and Lows of Becoming a Man, in which he reflected on his past struggles with a difficult adolescence in New York City and everything that followed. From breakout success and destructive rivalries to fatherhood and a two-year prison sentence. In July 2014, Ja Rule announced his eighth studio album, which was eventually pushed back to 2016. Damn. <coughs> 2016, a 2016 release. Yeah. Also in 2014, MTV announced that Ja Rule and his family would star in, in the upcoming reality show, Follow the Rules, which was co-produced by Queen, Queen Latifah. A sneak peek trailer of the show surfaced on the internet in September 2014, and the, and the show premiered on October 26, 2014. In October 2014, Rue announced that he and Gotti had partnered with Paramount Pictures on the TV drama series based on the history of Murder, Inc., set to premiere in 2016. In February 2016, Ja Rule announced that his upcoming eighth, eighth studio album would be titled Coupe, um, Coupe de Grace and would be his last album. In December 2016, he appeared on the Hamilton mixtape rapping Hamilton's verse and Ashanti's performance 
of helpless, referencing um, Lynn Manuel's Miranda's impression of him in the last line of that verse. On, a, on June 26, 2018, Ashanti confirmed that she and Ja Rule are working on a collaborative album. Um, so, October 15, 2021, um, a celebration of the 20th anniversary of, this, of the release of his third studio album, Pain is Love, Ja Rule released the single Sincerely Jeffrey for all streaming platforms. Yeah, and he got into acting and other stuff, so I'm not even gonna go into all this stuff. So, um, yeah, he got into acting and all this stuff, so I'm not gonna get into all this stuff. So, um, all right, so let's get into Bravehearts. Let's get into Bravehearts. Another another group from Queens. Well, Bravehearts are an East Coast hip hop group from New York, New York. Actually, not even from Queens, but they're from, yeah. Anyway, the group's roster um, originally included Jungle, um, um, which is uh, um, born Jabari Jones, son of jazz trumpeter Ulu Dora and younger brother of hip-hop star Nas. Wiz um, and Horse. <laughs> Horse left the group in 2002 and Jungle and Wiz carried on as a duo. Wiz was in turn replaced by Nishan, Nas's cousin. Ooh, wow. Okay, let's see what the biography is about here. So signed to Columbia Records as part of Nas's Ill Will Records imprint, Bravehearts first emerged in 1998, collaborating with Nas, Nature, and Trackmasters on I Wanna Live, uh, a song on the soundtrack to the Hype Williams film Belly. From there, the Nas Prodigies, Prodigies um, moved on to the Nas and Ill Will, Ill Will Records presents QB's finest compilation album and saw their track Uchiwali Gold. Jungle and Wiz then began working on their full-length debut for Columbia Records. In the meantime, they appeared on 50 Cent's mixtape-style compilation, Guess Who's Back, supporting 50 Cent and Nas on the track, Who You Rep With. The group's debut full-length album, Bravehearted, uh, was released in December 2003 with Jungle and Wiz making up the core group. The album featured guest appearances from Nas, Nishan, Lil John, Ju Julie Black, and Tedra Moses, and the group scored a hit single with um, Lil John produced track, Quick to Back Down. There may also have been a slight diss at 50 Cent, on the track five called Bravehearted on their album, and Jungle also takes a shot at Jay-Z. Jungle state, states in his verse, um, Jungle will live by the morals of the street, not like snitch, CJ, or bitch Jay-Z. <laughs> Damn. Oh, man. Recently, 
Recently, Jungle was featured on a diss track on G Unit and the Diplomats with rapper Q Butter. <laughs> oh shit. Called Gun on Me. <laughs> oh shit. In 2009, Nishan appeared twice on Memphis rapper C Rox's album, The Wait Is Over. He what he was a he was featured on the track Street Niggas, which is a diss to Joel Santana and Jim Jones, and on the track We We Dons. In 2008, they released their second album, Bravehearted 2, with Jungle and Nishan making up the core group. Okay, so in 2019, Jungle started his own record label, Street Dreams Record, following in his brother's Nas footsteps with Mass Appeal Records. The first artist signed to the label was King Shooter. Wow. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. So let's see if I look at this. I think we're good on that one now. Um now we're now we get to go to uh, now we get to go to um our next segment right here and this is for all the people who are gamers out there in the gaming community whether you are from whether you are from the dirty south whether you are from um the tri-state area of connecticut New Jersey, New York, or any other state, whatsoever, this segment is for you. This is the video game chamber, and we got some games to review, so let's get into it right now. Resident Evil 3 is coming out November the 18th, um, which is for Nintendo Switch. And we're going over the gameplay and all that other great stuff whatsoever. So this is going to be the main game to review. So let's get into it. And this is from the website Game Informer, in case you're wondering what website I'm using. So that's pretty much what this is. So um synopsis goes like this i've always been fascinated by the concept of persistence hunt, hunting the idea that a hunter doesn't need to run faster than its prey as long as they chase with dogged determination early <laughs> early human hunters would often pursue <laughs> their game for hours or even days until they brought down some behemoths. <laughs> oh man. 
after an extended chase, even the healthiest creatures must collapse, beaten and exhausted from from the endless pursuit. It sounds like um, an incredibly terrifying way to meet your end. And if you ever wanted to know how the prey feels, play with As with last year's Resident Evil 2, Capcom's newest remake is a smart update to the PlayStation Classic. Many of the elements from the 1999 release have been remixed in this retelling of Jill Valentine's escape from Raccoon City's zombie outbreak. Hmm. Capcom's original um, release was a more action-focused experience than previous entries, and his and this remake continues that tradition, but that has that isn't a bad thing since these firefights are are so compelling. The action takes place from an over-the-shoulder third-person perspective, lining up a, a perfect headshot takes skill as zombies stagger forward in erratic patterns. But the gunplay feels precise and exciting. My stomach regularly lurched into my throat as even small groups of undead crawled toward me. Oof. But when my back was against the wall, watching those zombie heads pop up like melons proved especially satisfying. Between firefights, Jill's um, scavenges um, for meager supplies and collects various keys that open new areas. And I love hunting down the right key or tool to unlock each new room. However, since Jill has less downtime between set pieces moments, um, she has fewer puzzles to complete than Resident Evil 2 or even the original Resident Evil 3. That is disappointing mainly because the few puzzles you encounter are so well done. They offer a nice change of pace. And I like figuring out how to reroute subway trains or calculating the correct chemical mixture to create vaccines. Resident Evil 3's pace doesn't suffer much from this new focus on combat and the moment to moment action remains compelling the biggest reason jill rarely has a second to catch her breath is nemesis this 10-foot monster was created in one of umbrella's labs for the sole purpose of assassinating jill nemesis is a grotesque figure who might send shivers down your spine with just one look but this month this monster is even more imposing in motion. Unlike Resident Evil 2's Mr. X, Nemesis is nimble and fast enough to keep pace with you. It follows you around the map, can keep, excuse me, can leap in front of you to block your path and reaches out to trip you with his tendrils. When, whenever Nemesis shows up, you need to either run or dig in for a resource draining battle. This makes each encounter with him as thrilling as it is terrifying. And when you do finally escape Nemesis' grasp, 
The sense of relief is palpable. Oh man, you know what I would do. I would actually, actually, actually run for the hills, man. <laughs> oh man, I had to do it. Um, the journey is full of relentless beatdowns, and you'll be foolish to try to take down every enemy you encounter. Jill's new dodge maneuver allows her to escape almost every conflict without a scratch. If, if you can pull it off consistently, when you time Jill's dodge preferred, when you time, excuse me, when you time Jill's dodge perfectly, you slow time and have the chance to squeeze off a few free headshots. Unfortunately, the timing window for this dodge feels off, even near the end of the game i still got hit by enemies even after i was sure i had properly dodged that inconsistency is unfortunate because dodging is incredibly empowering when it works your race through raccoon city is the main course but the rest the resistance multiplayer mode is also worth a look in this asymmetrical four versus one mode and <laughs> groups of <laughs> survivors work together to kill hordes of zombies and find several keys which allow them to escape umbrellas labs i appreciate the variety among the survivors since some heroes excel in close quarters combat while others function as support classes i found a good um routine sitting back from the front lines disabling traps and helping my teammates find useful equipment but charging into the fray is also exciting when you get a really good team together you feel like you can overcome even the deadliest traps <laughs> playing as a survivor in resistance was a fun diversion but i got a greater thrill when i took on the mantle of a mastermind. These devious characters work from the shadows and scheme to keep the survivors in line. As, as a much builds masterminds um, accumulate a steady stream of resources, which they can spend to set up traps and unleashing hordes of undead monsters. Woo! I laughed with sick glee after saving up a mountain of resources to send, excuse me, to spend in a single room that tied up my survivors for several minutes, which ultimately won me the match. Hold on. All right, so um, all right, run the match, run the match. Okay, run the match. Okay, masterminds offer a more strategic level of play that I haven't seen in a Resident Evil game before, and I hope Capcom continues to iterate on these mechanics down the road. With this mistake, Capcom has greatly improved one of my late, my least loved entries in the series. Resident Evil, 
Resident Evil 3's greatest focus on action affords you fewer opportunities to stop and think. But Jill's adventure is an incredible thrill ride from the first moment that Nemesis burst through the wall and reached out with one of his tendrils. I felt like I felt my heart begin to race. I don't think it slowed down again until the credits rolled. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> oh man. Resident Evil 3 looks clean and crisp. Hold on a second. Concept return to to the Raccoon City zombie outbreak in the in this third person shooter then reworks everything, including enemies, puzzles, and environments. And the graphics, Resident Evil 3 looks clean and crisp. And the monster designs are appropriately grotesque. Now the sound. The soundtrack is intense, which matches the emphasis of, on action. Ambient effects and zombie moans set you on edge, even when the bullets aren't flying. Playability, um, like the Resident Evil 2 remake, the the over-the-shoulder gunplay feels good. Unfortunately, Jill's dodge is a bit inconsistent. Entertainment. This is another spectacular remake for the series, and Nemesis is an imposing enemy who relentlessly chases you throughout the game, and the replay is moderately high. Now, I got one more thing that I want to actually review before we wrap up here, and this is going to be this is going to be um, this is going to be Sable. um okay so let's see you know what i'm gonna save this for the next i'm gonna save this for the next episode that's what i'll do i'll save that for the next episode in the meantime i'll fill you in on the uh on the other games that's going to be coming out on the 18th so we have um the dark pictures anthology um the devil in me for playstation 5 xbox series PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC for November 18th. Now, for the 22nd of November, we have Evil West, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, PC. Gungrave Gore, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. Just Dance 2023, also coming out on the 22nd, is for PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch. Ship of Fools, <laughs> PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, Nintendo Switch, and PC is also coming out on the 22nd. And the last days of Lazarus uh, for PlayStation 5 for November 29th. Um, and Sable for PlayStation 5, November 29th. I'll review that next time. The Night Witch, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, and PC. November 29th, um, and also the Front Mission First um, remake, Nintendo Switch, uh, for November 30th. Also coming out on the 30th is Gundam Evolution, PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, PlayStation 4, Xbox One. And... Warhammer 40,000 Dark Tide for PC, and that's for November 30th. 
Okay, so. All right, so that's going to do it for this episode right here, man. Our last segment of the night is going to be, hold on a minute, one, one. Stream choices on the go, man. This is where I fill you in on where you can follow the show on social media and alongside with streaming platforms on the go in the Lincoln Bio. Here it is. All right, folks, you know what to do here, man. You you love what you heard in this episode as far as like the stuff that we reviewed today, as far as music artists and groups and stuff like that. Uh, all you need to do is go ahead and show your love by following the Ticklers Vibe Juice podcast, the review show on Instagram, alongside with my sports edition show of, of Excellent Fun Vibrant Talks podcast, alongside with my number one show, which is which is um, Off the Meat Rat Chains New York podcast, which is on Facebook and Instagram as well, um, with 205 episodes so far. And alongside with um and alongside with myself is the Instagram um handle of myself is G Money Stacks 555 in Queens, New York. Um and um and um don't forget to turn on your um your notifications on when each episode is going to be dropping. Um now, as I said, I was going to actually fill you in on the email. I will get to that afterwards. I'll get to the email before I get to the uh, the streaming platforms right here. So let me give me a second here. Um, give me a second. Um, all right. So put in. Um, let's put in the email address right here. All right, um, let me just get that in there. All right. Okay. Um, all right, I put it in already. Um, if you have any ideas on what are you, you have any ideas on some um, singers, rappers, TV shows, movies, games, podcast shows you want me to review and stuff like that, you can either email, you can either um, DM me at gmoneystacks555 in Queens, New York, or you can go to this email right here, meticulousvibejuicepodcast at gmail.com. Write this down on your sticky notes and all the other stuff in case you have any ideas you, you want me to review and stuff like that. It's right here on the bottom of your YouTube screen right here. Meticulous Vibe Juice Podcast um, at gmail.com, all right? But there, you, there you have it right there, folks. And now we're going to go to uh, where you can listen to the episodes right here. If you go to the link in bio where it says link tree slash Meticulous Vibe Juice Podcast. Um, you can you're gonna see um anchor 
You can leave a voice message on anchor.fm slash um, meticulous vibe juice pod slash message. All right. Um, yes. So, um, speaking of anchor, um, if you don't have any of these apps, um, don't worry. The links are on there right now, and you can actually download um, these apps onto your iPhones, your Android phones, your iPads, and your Android tablets with the whole list of audio streaming platforms, including the, the videos that's going to be included, starting with Anchor, Audible, Audacity, Amazon Music, Breaker, CastBox FM, um, Deezer, Listen Notes, Moon FM Podcast, Player FM, Pocket Cast, Podfriend, Podopolo, Podorama, Podcast Index, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Podverse, Reason FM, um, Reason FM, um, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and of course, you can give a five star rating to Podchaser alongside with um, Podfriend and alongside with um, Apple Podcasts and alongside with Spotify as well, with a five star rating will be appreciated. And of course, Google Podcasts. You can also listen to the to um, Meticulous Vibe Juice podcast review show on Radio Public, alongside with iHeartRadio, the number one app for music, radio, and podcasts. And you don't need a credit card or a debit card to download this app, man. <laughs> it's free. You can go to your app store on your iPhones and your Android phones, whatsoever, and download it. All right. And you can also turn your notifications on when each episode is going to be dropping. And of course, be sure to follow my other shows that's also on um, iHeartRadio as well, which is um, the Sports Edition show of Excellent Fun Vibrant Talks podcast. And of course, my number one show, which is um, Off the Meat Rat Chains New York podcast as well, with 205 episodes on there. And of course, um, be sure to follow the podcast shows on every streaming platform that I just mentioned and download these apps to your phones and tablets. And last but not least, of course, make sure you grab that subscribe button for me on the Meticulous Vibe Juice podcast YouTube channel page. Click on that noni noni bell so you can be reminded when the show goes in the air via live stream. Leave a like and a comment along with the episodes. Download these episodes. Um, be sure to share the episodes, share the videos. Be sure to listen, stream, watch these episodes as you do some catching up on all the episodes before you go to the new episodes that's going to be dropping. And this episode right here. Um, 98 is going to be dropped tomorrow on every streaming platform that I just mentioned just now. And alongside with um alongside with tell a friend to another friend. And of course, be sure to uh be sure to share sh- share spread the word, excuse me. Yes, yeah, spread the word. Word of mouth is important, and make sure you actually, um, 
you know, leave a like and a comment along with the episodes and the topics and, and the stuff that we just reviewed. And of course, be sure to share the podcast along with the link that says Linktree slash um, Meticulous Vibe Juice Podcast, along with the stream platforms that's, that I just mentioned. With your husbands, your, your wives, your boyfriends, girlfriends, your friends, and the people you are cool with. And uh, also, and also, um, also, um, I will be back with another episode. And I like to say thank you to everybody that's been tuning in from all over, from all over international places. Um, of course, the USA, of course, Long Island, aka Strong Island, plus the five spots of of um, Brooklyn, Bronx, Manhattan, Stand on the Queens, Canada, of course, um, including Queens, man. I, I see you um, tuning in and stuff like that. Thank you for tuning in and rocking with me on this episode 98 titled Queens, New Yorkers for Life. Dedicated to um, the hip hop groups like uh, A Tribe Called Quest, Lost Boys, of course, Ja Rule, and of course, um, um, Brave Hearts as well. So um, I'll see y'all next time in the next episode. Please don't forget to stream, listen, and, and, and watch these episodes while you do some catching up. And you know, tell me what tell us what you think about the um the episodes and the titles. Express yourself in the comments in in the YouTube channel page. And of course, you can you're more than welcome to actually do that with Instagram Live as well. So um I'm up out of here. I'm off this shit. Peace and one love. I hope y'all set your clocks back an hour because it's gonna get dark earlier, like between 4.30 to 5 o'clock, which is evening time. Peace and one love. Have yourselves a good night, folks.
Check this out, folks. If you like what you heard, I need your help on a couple of things. I need you to go follow the show's page on Instagram, Meticulous Vibe Juice Podcast, alongside with Off the Meat Rat Chains New York Podcast. And you can follow me also on my primary handle on the gram, which is GMoneyStacks555 in Queens, New York, for more postings of each episode with the topics. Also, go to YouTube and grab the subscribe button. Enable alerts of the notification bell so you can be reminded of when the show goes on the air live via live stream. More video content. Like, comment on the episodes with the topics, upcoming episodes, previous episodes that will automatically be posted to the YouTube channel page. Share the videos. Spread the word. Be sure to download your favorite episodes. Tell a friend to tell another friend. Share the podcast with audio streaming platforms with your friends. And also tell us what you think about the episodes and the topics and and what you thought about the um, topics as well. And what topics you think we should talk about next to review. Um, I'm G Money Stacks. Thank you for listening to the show. Peace and one love.